Welcome to the Enjoy Your Marriage podcast, where relationship expert and master coach Candace Toon helps you stop wondering if you married the wrong guy and start putting all of your energy toward having the marriage you imagined when you said, I do. Sup, bees? You may or may not know this already, and it doesn't matter if you don't know, because I'm going to tell you right now. I serve two distinct groups of people in my coaching business. First and foremost, I'm committed to helping women stop wondering if they married the wrong guy. You already know that's the work me and my bees do in the Defying Gravity Revolution. Together, we create the marriage you imagined when you said, I do. Because my mission in this world is to create more stable homes, which I think is accomplished less through the actual familial structure of the home and much, much more through the felt sense of security and acceptance between the people living and growing together. Stable homes strengthen individuals who then strengthen their communities, their countries, and ultimately the world. <laughs> now, I know when I say all that, I might sound a little bit like the brain from Pinky and the Brain on Animaniacs. Do you remember that show? <laughs> it always opened with Pinky asking the brain what they were going to do that night and the brain always responding, same thing we do every night, Pinky, try to take over the world. And now you know how old I am by the cartoons I quote. 41 next week. Thank you very much. And did you hear? I'm hosting a book club birthday party to celebrate. If you want to play, you just got to grab your copy of Wife on Purpose and register to attend the book club chats. It is a two-step process, so make sure you head to www.candistune.com slash resources, backslash resources, Candace with an I, Tune with an E, and then get yourself set up. Get the book, step one. Register for the chats, step two. There will be all the sorting of sticky marriage situations, plus gifts and bonuses and new friends, so of course you're going to want to be there. I'm looking forward to seeing you. But back to the mission. My goal is to create more stable homes, then communities, and so on and so on. Stability at home comes from connection and trust. I build that with my bees first. And in another space, I also train coaches in using trauma-informed principles to create better, more consistent connection with their clients in session, which leads to their clients achieving their goals quicker in a more connected way. Everybody wins. My program for coaches is an advanced certification in trauma-informed coaching and quick sidebar with anyone who li listening who is a coach, because I know that most of you listening probably aren't, but here's the quick sidebar. After we do the Wife on Purpose book club next week, I'll be hosting a taste of trauma-informed coaching the week following. Wife on Purpose Book Club is the 5th through the 8th of December, and then A Taste of Trauma-Informed Coaching will be the 13th through the 16th. If you're a coach of any kind, you don't have to be Life Coach School certified or certified at all, you are invited to A Taste of Trauma-Informed Coaching. If you want to come, head over to www.candistune.com, Candice with an I, Tune with an E, backslash advanced cert interest, which sounds like, which is spelled like this, ADV-CERT-interest. Go there to get all the information you need to connect with those calls. You can also just go to CandiceTune.com and click the four coaches button on the top and that will get you where you need to go. Just wanted to make sure everyone has that opportunity to join us if you want to. But back to the point of today's episode. Around here, we're in the business of creating more stable homes. Stability at home comes from a felt sense of connection and trust. So today we're going to use um, Dr. Diane Poole Heller's research on attachment theory to take a closer look at how your unique sense of connection and trust, especially in your early caretaker relationships, could be informing the way you relate to everyone else in your world now. 
There is an attachment style quiz available on Dr. Heller's website, which is www.dianepoolheller.com, and I linked that up in the show notes if you want to go there. So you can, if you want to, pause your listening now and go take the quiz. Just know that to get your results from her, you are going to be asked to give your email address, and I'm not affiliated with her at all. So if you want to go over there, check her out. You totally can. And if you don't want to, it's fine because it's actually pretty easy to gauge your style using your attachment style using some simple examples, which I'm fixing to walk you through right now. You ready? Okay. Think back to the last time you stubbed your toe. How did you respond? Did you cry out? Did you look for someone to come help you? Did you try to keep quiet and avoid eye contact with anyone? How long, would you say, did it take for you to recover? There's no right or wrong answers here. We're just using this example to hypothesize about your possible attachment style. So do you have an image of you with a stubbed toe in your head? Good. Next, I want you to listen to these statements. You are an amazing wife. Your husband says the sweetest things about you. He's told me over and over again how lucky he feels knowing that you accepted his proposal. And also, I'm very honored to spend these weekly chats with you. You specifically. It means so much to me that you're here. I'm thrilled to have you as part of the B community. Now check your body. Notice your stance. Are you kind of leaning away? Are you leaning in? Do you feel tight? Do you feel open? Scan through the thoughts running through your head. We want to picture you with a stubbed toe and then separately we want to picture you listening to the flattering statements. Hang on to your notes now, mental or otherwise, around each experience while I review the four attachment styles. Then we're going to take a look at how each style is likely to respond in those situations so that you can get a better gauge of where you might land. All right, little background. In 1969, John Bowlby and Mary Ainsworth conducted a study they called the strange situation. It involved separating young children, usually around a year or so old, from their primary caregiver, who's usually the mother, for a brief period of time, maybe one or two minutes. They'd observe the child's response to the separation and also observe the child's response to the caretaker's return in an effort to assess the child's attachment style. The babies in the study consistently responded in one of four ways. One, they noticed the mom was gone and they got upset. They went straight to her when she returned and were easily comforted or relatively easily. Like they cried a little bit, but mom was able to soothe them. This is called secure attachment. It kind of sounds like this. I like you around, I know you're here for me, and that things are gonna turn out okay. That's secure attachment. Second way is they noticed the mom was gone and they kind of like freaked out. It was very difficult to soothe the baby upon the mom's return. The baby tended to kind of cling to her for the rest of the time. And this is called anxious attachment. It's like, I don't know when you're going to leave again, so I've got to hang on pretty tight right now. Anxious attachment. All right, third, the baby showed no obvious signs of distress when the mom was absent and did not seek to connect with her again when she returned. The baby might like kind of steal glances looking over at mom, but did not go to her. This is called avoidant attachment. Sounds like, I know you probably won't be there for me, so why bother reaching out? Avoidant attachment. Fourth, the baby noticed the mom was gone, but couldn't seem to decide whether to be upset or to continue playing. When the mom returns, the child seems uncertain about whether or not to go to her. Sometimes the child even reaches out to her with their arms while backing away with their feet. So mixed message in the body and in the brain. This is called, makes sense, disorganized attachment. 
It's like, I want to be near you, but I'm not sure what to expect because you also kind of scare me. That's disorganized attachment. And it doesn't even have to be like scared, like abuse or neglect, although disorganized attachment tends to go with that. It could even just be like, I don't know what to expect from you. Sometimes you're there, sometimes you're not. And it could be like the parent was tired or just distracted. It doesn't have to be linked to abuse necessarily. All right, so let's go back to the stubbed toe and the flattering comments. Here's how each style might react to the stubbed toe situation. A securely attached person might look to others and expect to receive comfort. An avoidant person might storm away to take care of themselves or keep quiet, not expecting to get any support, so why bother? An anxious attached person might kind of milk the pain and like exaggerate a little bit, take a long time to move on, take a long time to feel better, and really kind of like want people around to notice it. A disorganized person in their attachment style might long for that comfort, but get upset if it like takes too long or like the comfort doesn't sit exactly right. So it's kind of like, I hate you, don't leave me, kind of sort of thing. So can you tell where you tend to fall on that spectrum based off of your stubbed toe? I am probably, especially when I'm in pain, I'm avoidant for sure. I'm like, don't look at me, get, get away from me. That's kind of where I, stand, where I stand. So just be honest with yourself. It doesn't mean anything good or bad about you. It just is like, oh, this is a tendency of how I, ch how I likely will respond. Similar to like, I have blonde hair, or I have blue eyes, or it's just something that tends to be true about you. So let's move on to make it even clearer by looking at the flattering comments. I'm gonna read them again so you can kind of like watch your brain. It says, you're an amazing wife. Your husband says the sweetest things about you. He told me over and over again how lucky he feels knowing that you accepted his proposal. And also, I'm really honored to spend these weekly chats with you, you specifically. It means so much to me that you are here. I'm thrilled to have you as part of this B community. Now, if you're coming from a secure attach, you, you might think, oh, that's so nice. I love him too. And I really do like Candace a lot. So you'd pull that in, that kindness in, you'd accept it and move on with your day. Someone who's operating from avoidant attachment in that moment might think, this is weird, kind of overboard. Wish you'd stop talking because <laughs> they're uncomfortable with this like connection that's being offered and they don't maybe trust it because they're not used to receiving it. Somebody who's operating from an anxious attachment style might be like, oh, tell me more. What exactly did he say? And, and do you know me really by name? Like Candace, you really know me? They'd want to have that reassurance because they're like not used to getting it and they're not sure how long it's going to last. So they want to try and prolong it. Somebody who's um, responding from a disorganized attachment style might say, I know that I'm doing a lot of good things. So yeah, I, I can see it. But oh, what if I don't keep it up? Or, oh, if she knew that thing about me and my husband, then what would happen? I really want to hear more of what she had to say. But I also, I, I just really need to change the subject. Kind of like, I want to be close to you, but I'm not sure it's safe sort of thing. And did you notice that I said somebody who's reacting from whatever attachment it is? It's not like a label. You are this kind of attachment or that kind of attachment. It's like, what style are you responding from in that particular moment? You probably will have one that you respond from more often than others, but it's a fluid thing. So did you see yourself in any of those reactions? Did you? Mine tends to be sort of disorganized which again, disorganized might sound like a terrible thing to have, but it's really not. It's just like a 
description of like, I tend to come close and then pull back, I tend to come close and then pull back. That, that's just something that you tend to do. And you can decide what to make that mean. And I suggest you just make it mean, huh, that's interesting. I wonder why that happened. I wonder what I need. Not, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm not secure. Because it's not really a commentary on your security as a person. It's just how do you tend to approach relationships and how can, and our goal of this episode is to help you figure out how can you approach relationships more often in a way that feels good to you. So your responses to the flattering comments and the stub toe scenario are, are kind of loose indicators of your likely attachment style. Of course, nothing is set in stone. Like I said, attachment styles are fluid tendencies, not immovable diagnoses. So please promise me that you only use this exercise to be fascinated by yourself, not to lock yourself into any particular thought or behavior pattern for all of eternity. That's not what this is. Because again, expressions of attachment are fluid. We all go in and out of secure attachment in varying degrees all of the time. And please know this, no matter what your attachment style, you came by it honestly. You developed it to ensure your greatest chance of survival given the caretaking style you were offered as a baby and a small kid. If your caretaker was sort of unpredictable, like kind of hot, kind of cold, then disorganized attachment would be the most reasonable way for you to adapt because you never knew exactly what to expect, so it was hard to set things up in a predictable way. If your caretaker was busy or gone or, or maybe they were just like emotionally less available for whatever reason, maybe they were tired or maybe they were sick or maybe who knows, it'd make sense for you to learn to avoid because no one was around really anyway. Now, here's the good news. Dr. Heller's research shows that parents only need to have good enough responses about 30% of the time for the child to develop a capacity for secure, the, for secure attachment. Just 30% of the time. So if you noticed a little bit the pull to judge yourself as a parent or judge the way your parents treated you, this is my invitation to slow all of that down maybe even stop it altogether. Not because I'm suggesting you let anything slide if you don't want to, just because judgment rarely feels good to anyone and almost never produces useful effort in the world. So come back to me and the goal of this episode. We are here together figuring out your attachment style so that you can gain a clearer sense of what you might need to feel securely attached a little more often. Eventually to your husband, but initially to you. So if you lean towards anxious attachment, you might want to start looking for ways to reassure yourself on purpose. If you lean towards avoidant attachment, you could, if you wanted to, look for opportunities to engage with yourself and your experiences just a little bit more instead of shutting off to them completely. But regardless of what your habitual attachment style is, you can make an effort to gain a felt sense of what secure attachment is like. You can notice it in real life. Oh, I feel safe right now, like maybe with a dog or with a, a pleasant memory of a grandparent or an uncle or something like that, that someone that you really did feel close to. What was that like? What did it feel like? Can I recreate it for myself right now in my other relationships? So you can notice it in real life. You can notice it even in movies. Like, oh, those people look like they really are connected to each other. I wonder what it would feel like to be one of them and practice that in your body. You can spend time imagining what that might be like to teach your body how to do it and expand its capacity to feel peace and love and acceptance. Because secure attachment is available to everyone and it's a skill. Skills require practice and repetition. So set your goal to watch your attachment style play out. Without wishing you had a different one, just notice how your brain responds automatically and consciously give it other options to consider. If your husband doesn't text you back as quickly as you'd like, which 
is maybe like some anxious attachment coming out, respond to yourself with kindness. You can wrap up in an actual physical blanket if that feels good. Hold yourself that way. Reach out to a friend and consider talking to them without judging yourself as needy. (laughs) Instead, listen to yourself about why the timing of the text is such a big deal to you as though you have a good reason. Because you do. And listening to yourself in that way will increase your capacity for secure attachment, which is the sense, again, that someone is on your side and someone is in your corner. That someone can be you. And if you want, that someone can be me (laughs) and all of the other bees. To snatch a taste of what that might be like, grab a copy of my book, Wife on Purpose, at candacetune.com backslash resources. Candace with an I, tune with an E. Then watch your email for a copy of the book, plus an invitation to register and join us for the book club chats that are starting tomorrow. We're going to apply what you read in the book to your stickiest marriage situation so that you'll have a lot to celebrate with your husband for your anniversary in 2023. Also, in those book club meetings, we're going to practice secure attachment. This is what it feels like to be connected to other people without censure or judgment. This is what it feels like to be safe in a room. Okay. So of course you're going to want in on all of that. And I look forward to seeing you live tomorrow. I cannot wait. But before we go for today, let's do a shout out to our listeners. Let's get to know Josie Jo Smiles just a little bit better. Thanks, Josie, for listening and for leaving a review. I appreciate you. Here's what she says. This is not your average marriage advice podcast. You're going to want to follow this podcast right now. This is not another podcast where you're going to get basic, not so helpful advice like go on weekly date nights or don't give 50-50, give 100-100. Candace is an expert in the field with years of professional and personal experience that she draws on to somehow make improving your marriage fun to learn about and actually do. When she, what she teaches is practical and actually works. She addresses nuances of the marriage relationship that aren't usually talked about. Her coaching and teaching helped me go from wondering if I married the wrong guy to being so happy that I picked the husband I have and feeling more connected to him and myself than I ever hoped for. P.S. If you're not sure where to start, this is Josie's advice. She likes episodes five and six. I love that's so specific. So good. Thank you, Josie Joe. Glad that you're enjoying the listen. Be sure to tell all your married friends so we can all heal our marriages together. And best news, Josie, you won the drawing. So please email support at candestune.com to let them know which prize you prefer, a $25 or $250 Amazon gift card or a private coaching session with me. Congratulations, Josie Joe. The rest of you, join me for book club tomorrow. Choose Courage Bees and keep on flying. Sup, B? Have you grabbed my book yet? Wife on Purpose is your comprehensive guide on what to start doing today to create the exact marriage you'd love to live in. Head over to CandiceTune.com backslash resources, Candice with an I and Tune with an E, to snag your free e-copy of Wife on Purpose. Happy reading! Happy reading!